it's not easy. You can't just get this position in the fire service. They don't just hand, hand these jobs out. You have to earn this position. You have to earn that seat in the fire engine. And we have to, we have to earn that position every day. Enchanted Sky Media. Media. Enchanted Sky Studios in Prescott, Arizona. This is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategies, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again here on Code 3. You are listening to the show for and about firefighters. Let's get started. If you want to become a firefighter, the first thing to understand is that it is not easy. There's a lot of school required nowadays, and it can take several years to get there. But there are some things to know that will make the process easier. Here to talk about them is Chris Baker. Chris has over 13 years of experience in volunteer, combination, and career fire departments in California. He instructs on fire and EMS topics in college classes. You can hear him on his own podcast, The Future Firefighter, where he's a co-host. And he runs Chris Baker Consulting, which provides training on techniques and career planning. And Chris Baker joins me now. Welcome to Code 3. Scott, thank you for having me on the show. I'm honored to be a guest. Today we're talking about becoming a firefighter. Where do you start when you have the idea that you want to do this as a career? Well, you know, Scott, that's an excellent question. And I think we've all been there. We've all, at some point in our careers, been at that entry level start where We're thinking about exploring this as a career, either becoming a volunteer or becoming a reserve, an explorer, uh, signing up for a Firefighter One Academy. Usually we have some sort of a process to where, how do we get into the fire service? And so one thing that I highly recommend is to stop by your local firehouse and your your local community, talk to the, the firefighters that work in the area that you reside and ask them how they got started. That's usually a great conversation. Um, You can ask them how they got their start. Another option is to go visit your local community college. You can go and talk to a fire technology director or the coordinator or the director of uh, your local fire academy. And there might be some classes that you might be able to take at your local community college to help you see if this is a career that you're thinking about exploring. So those are a couple options that you can do if you're thinking about getting into the fire service. Is this a career where you want to move to where you want to be a firefighter? And by that, what I mean is, if I want to work for FDNY, do I want to move to New York City or do I want to become a firefighter in a smaller town and then apply there? If this is something that you've you've decided, you've, you've thought about it, you've talked with your friends and your family, it's always good to have a mentor, have a sounding board, have someone that you can ask questions to. 
And that's a that's an uh, another good question that mentees ask me quite quite often. And my best advice to them is think about where you want to where you want to serve, what community you want to serve, where you're going to have a support system, where you're going to have a, a, a good solid foundation, either friends or family members that reside in that area. Uh, obviously, you want to think about homes and home values and you know where do you want to where do you want to reside we all have dream departments we all have departments that we want to work in and another good friend of mine suggested to get a get a map and put pins on the map on where you would like to work and then you really have to do some research um, you have to see what the cost of living is in those areas you have to see what departments are hiring in those areas, what uh, education certifications that they require um, to, to work and, and reside in those areas. Um, the best advice that was given to me um, when I first started in this career was if you want to get a job somewhere, you need to move there. You need to move somewhere close to that area and you need to see what's the cost of living like and uh, what's the traffic like, and can you afford to live live in that area? Because um, if you get hired, if you get that opportunity to to work for your dream department, you're going to have to think about commuting. You're going to have to think about the academy. You're going to have to think about finding a place to stay, either an apartment um, or um, a townhouse or a rental. You're going to have to think about all of those things. So it's better to prepare in the beginning and think about all those different uh, scenarios before you, you start applying and, and get your dream job. Now, for people who have the idea that this career is a learn-on-the-job sort of thing, let's disabuse them of that idea right now. Because aside from the academy, there's generally college courses involved in fire science and EMS. Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, that's a perfect segue. So education is very important. We have uh, several different things that we look at. I've been an educator in the California Community College System um, for uh, nine years now uh, as as a college instructor. And we, we look at education, we look at time and grade, we look at certification, um, all, all of that to, to round out your experience. Education is, is paramount. Education is very important. And the, the college, uh, all the colleges um, in California and across the country, in Arizona and other states, they follow what's called the FESHI curriculum. And the FESHI curriculum, you're going to take six core classes, and those six core classes are uh, similar. They might have a different uh, title, but the content's going to be the same. And that those six courses make up your AS degree in, in fire science. And that, that education is paramount. You're going to learn about fire behavior. You're going to lo- learn about building construction. You're going to learn about fire prevention. Uh, fire equipment and systems. You're going to learn uh, an introduction to to fire, and you're also going to learn about firefighter safety and survival. Through those six courses, six courses, it usually takes a couple semesters. You're going to get a well-rounded education um, to help you 
when you get into a Firefighter One Academy, um, that's going to help you throughout your career. So at what point then do we start looking for a mentor? Is that something we do while we're still in school or do we wait until afterwards? You know, um, I think it's it's paramount to, to, to search for a mentor as soon as you can. Um, it's, it's paramount. Um, a lot of these questions that you're asking me right now, they're, they're, they're excellent questions for a mentor. Where do I, where do I want to work and where do I want to reside? And how do I sign up for the fire Academy and which, which college classes do I take? So as you're beginning to embark on this career, try to find a, a mentor, try to find someone that you can bounce questions off of and that you can, you can ask, ask questions. And then there's no, there's no stupid questions. There's, there's no questions that, that you should be scared of asking a, a mentor. We talked earlier about stopping by a, a local fire station and talking to a, a firefighter about how they got their start. That's, that's mentorship. So just by you going by your local fire station and, and talking to your local fire firefighters that work there, that might be an opportunity for them to share some information with you and, and give you some mentorship. I believe it's paramount to, to establish a relationship with a mentor that can help you and assist you throughout your career. Not only can they assist you and help you, but they can also hold you accountable. They can be a resource while you're going through the academy. And most importantly, when you get out there on the testing circuit and you start applying for jobs, there's, it's, it's like a roller coaster. There's going to be hills and there's going to be valleys. And it's, it's paramount to have that, that mentor that you can, you can call and say, hey, you know, I just applied for this position and I didn't get it. Can you help me? Can we do some mock interviews? Can you maybe look at my resume or can you look at my cover letter? Can you give me some, some more assistance on the, the written exam? Or, you know, maybe, maybe it's the interview process. So that mentor can definitely help you through the, through the testing process as well. Okay, so we've decided where we want to live, where we want to go to school. We've maybe found a mentor. What is the program like once you get into it? I mean, you've got college classes and then you have the fire academy. It's a lot of dedication. Um, when you look at a, a fire academy here in, in California, it's a, it's a semester, it's a college semester, and you're looking at approximately about six months you're going to have early days, four o'clock in the morning, and then you're going to have late days where you're not going to leave the fire academy until seven, eight o'clock at night. So the biggest thing to do is to prepare, to make sure that you have a good support system, make sure that you have a good family. If you, you know, you might have to move back home. You might have to find some roommates to, uh, to live with. You might have to find, you know, something that's affordable. It's, it's difficult to, to work a full-time job during the same time that you're taking an academy just because it's so involved as far as, as the academy, as far as studying. I can remember, you know, staying up till midnight, one o'clock in the morning, reading and, and getting ready for midterm exams. And then we would have to be on the grinder for PT at about four o'clock in the morning. So you have to make sure that you can, you can commit that much amount of time you have to be pre prepared for PT. We, we PT'd every day. You have to be prepared for long days. You have to be prepared that it, 
you might not be able to leave the grinder until seven, eight o'clock at night. Once everything has been cleaned, stowed and put away the, the weekends were full of studying and doing evolutions in my academy. We got together and, and had study groups um, on the weekends to, to help each other. So those are the biggest points when you're looking at going to an academy, a, can I commit that much time? B, do I have an, a, enough scaffolding? Do I have enough of relationships, a network of, of people that can support me while I'm going through this academy? C, can I save up some money? Most of the, the firefighters in, in this area in California, they're seasonal. They get laid off. They save up some money. So that way they can take six months off to go to an academy. So you have to make sure that your finances or you have a savings account to be able to afford that. And then you also have to be able to afford the academy. The, typically, academies are going to range, you know, between three to four to five thousand dollars for the, the the leasing of the turnouts and and supplies and textbooks and uniforms. So if you go to a community college, they they might be able to help you with some financial assistance. You might be able to get some financial aid. You might be able to get, for example, like a Pale Grant, or they might be able to help you with your your tuition. So if you are financially uh, disadvantaged, if you have some hardships, make sure and ask your community college counselors, and they might be able to help you as far as your preparation and, and preparing to, to save up that money so that way you can afford, afford an academy. So all of those things that we look at when I have a potential candidate that comes and asks me about going into the fire academy those are things that we, we, we discuss. In the past, I would say, 10 years, I've had the opportunity to teach in 20 Firefighter One academies. And so those questions are excellent questions. And again, having that mentor, having someone to ask questions about your uniform or scholarships or grants or how can you afford the academy, all those kind of things is what we discuss. Nowadays, you've got to be pretty much an EMT to ride an engine. Some departments require or would like you to be a paramedic. Where do you stand on the idea of getting your paramedic certification at the same time you're going through fire classes? Is that wise or would you wait? That's a perfect segue. So as we're building on, on education, we, we, we covered the Firefighter One Academy. We've kind of covered the AS degree. EMS is, is such a a huge component of what we do. Uh, 70 to 80% of our calls are EMS related. And on my show, the, the, through fire engineering, the future firefighter last, last month, I had the opportunity to have rescue captain, Justin Shore from San Francisco on my, on my show. And Justin's the, the happy medic. And that was a topic that we discussed was becoming an EMT and or becoming a paramedic. A majority of departments are requiring paramedics. And so if you really look at the future of our profession and you look at the future of the fire service, it's, it's really a no-brainer to be able to give better care to your patients, to be able to, to do more for them, and to be able to, if you look at it from like a taxpayer's point of view, point of view from the customer's point of view they're getting a highly trained not only just a firefighter but they're getting a highly trained firefighter paramedic 
that would be able to do so much more for them. So those are all the things that we look at. I, I highly recommend if this is a career that you're thinking about going into to consider getting your EMT. Think about being able to give the best possible care. And, and that would be going through a paramedic school, a, a paramedic program. Typically, uh, an EMT program is going to take you about six months. Uh, a paramedic program, when you look at all of the didactic and all the, the stuff that you have to do in the clinicals and, and hospital time and the five call, all that from, from the classroom to the field, you're probably looking at about a year and a half to two year process. So this actually goes perfect into a conversation that I typically have with my mentees and we call it a CAP, a career action plan. So when we sit down, that's one of the things that we look at. We have to start somewhere. So are we going to start as a volunteer? Are we going to start as a reserve, maybe an explorer, maybe a paid call firefighter? Maybe they're going to go into a, a firefighter one academy and or go into an EMT program. And then when we look at the two-year process, it might build up to a paramedic program. So those are kind of stepping stones to be able to be I really believe that if you go through a firefighter one academy, you go through an EMT program and you go through a paramedic program in, in the process of about two years, you're going to be hireable. You're going to be highly desired by a majority of fire departments across the country for a position as a firefighter paramedic. Let's take a look at a situation that most people would prefer not to think of. In your experience, how common is it for people to simply not be able to make it through the program after all? We have setbacks. Some of the best advice that was shared with me was fail forward. And sometimes the, the hardest lessons we have, to, we have to live. And a lesson lived is a lesson learned. So it's in those failures that we get to learn what we're made of. We get to learn about our character. And when we fail, we learn. So I don't, I don't have all the answers. I'm, I'm not by no means an expert and I don't, I don't know everything. And I learn something new every day. And I try to make the commitment of being a lifelong learner. It's, it's, it's okay to have setbacks. It's okay to have failures. It's okay to have those milestones to where you have to really have introspection and you have to look in yourself and you have to find, okay, how did I fail? What did I do wrong? How can I do better? And that happened. I've had several mentees that have failed through either EMT school or the fire academy or paramedic school. Usually they've failed not just once or, or twice. I, I have a friend that, that failed paramedic school three times. And so every one of those challenges, those uh, adversity, those setbacks, you get to learn much more about what you're made of. And the, the, the key is not to give up. If this is really what you want to do, deep down in your heart of hearts, you want to be a public servant, it's not easy. You can't just get this position in the fire service. They don't just hand, hand these jobs out. You have to earn this position. You have to earn that seat in, in the fire engine. And we have, to, we have to earn that position every day. And, and nothing is giving, given out in the fire service. And I've seen excellent firefighters, excellent EMTs, excellent paramedics 
that have had to learn the hard way, that have had maybe some adversity, maybe they were in a valley, maybe they failed at some point in the process. And you really know what you're made of when you stick with it and you get to that 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 graduation or you get to have that that national registry EMT card in your hand or that that paramedic certificate. You really know what you're made of when you accomplish those goals. All right, Chris Baker, some great career advice. Thanks for being with me on Code 3. Scott, thank you so much. Uh, I'm a fan of your show. I, I listen to your show, and I really appreciate everything that you do for our, for our honored profession. And we put some more information about joining this great and proud profession on our website at Code3Podcast.com slash advice. Check it out. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. This time we talked about what it takes to get into firefighting. I'd like to hear your stories. Was it as tough for you? If you're in the process right now, what advice do you have for others? Just email me, scott at code3podcast.com or leave a voicemail at 562-337-9902. I will read your comments and place them back on a future show. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next time with more, and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. Code 3 is a production of Enchanted Sky Media. To contact us, get more information on today's topic, or subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.